As a listener of this show, it's safe to say you like staying informed through podcasts. Now, with UStudio, your company can do the same. UStudio helps businesses host, manage, and distribute secure, private podcasts. Share confidential training with remote employees, product updates with customers and sales reps, weekly messages from the CEO, and more. Join companies like Salesforce, Nike, and Dell, who all trust UStudio to power their private podcasts. Request a free personalized demo today at the letter ustudio.com and be sure to mention you heard it on Equity. Hello and welcome to the very first Equity Monday, a new short form show from the Equity crew that comes out early every single Monday. But don't worry, nothing is changing to equity as you know it. We'll still record the main show late Thursday for early Friday releases. We're going to bring together the TC crew and venture capitalists to chew over the latest and most important startup news. But now, also, every Monday, we'll bring you a snapshot of what's recently happened, what's coming up this week, some early stage funding rounds that caught our eye, and what we're looking at to get your week started. It's a little bit of a cheat sheet. Let's go. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Equity Monday for January 6th, 2020. I'm Alex Wilhelm. It's lovely to be back. Now, it's cold out here on the East Coast, which matches the climate in the public markets as Japanese, Chinese, Hong Kong-listed, and Korean stocks all sold off this Monday. And as we record this, all major U.S. indices are off about half a point as well. Welcome to the new year. If you've been offline, trade tensions have been replaced in headlines with war concerns, oil prices are up, and news out of the Financial Times this morning says that Chinese startups are enduring a, quote, capital winter. Oil prices are up, and news out in the Financial Times this morning says that Chinese startups are enduring a, quote, capital winter. Now, looking over our shoulder at the weekend, Wired reported that on-demand bus schemes around the world aren't necessarily pulling their weight. This could stymie some attempts by major ride-hailing companies, you know, the names we all know, to diversify their offerings away from their core business. Now, off-topic, we're all a little hungry for new ridership numbers from the American scooter companies. They've been quiet lately. What's up with that? Also catching our eye over the weekend was a report from eMarketer, showing that Instagram's usership growth has slowed to the single digits on a year-over-year basis. The photo service grew its user base by under 7% in 2019, according to eMarketer, down from over 10% in 2018. Now, as I'm sure you could have guessed, TikTok and Snapchat can take some of the blame here, but how much more growth Facebook has in the tank is a good question, without, of course, another acquisition. For startups looking to get into the social game, perhaps the landscape is clearing just a little bit. Then again, it's Facebook, so maybe not. Now, what's ahead? Well, one word, CES. Every reporter either hates to go or loves to hate going, and this year is, of course, no different. But to put a different spin on technology's biggest catastrophe in Las Vegas, our own Ingrid London put together a piece highlighting 10 years of CES history. Things like Microsoft's last keynote, when VR showed up, the rise and fall of Nokia's Windows Phone strategy, and more. If you want to go back in time, it's a perfect place to start. Now, looking ahead to this year's CES, The Verge expects folding and bending computers and tablets, which I think I might want, new TVs, which I don't, and not too many new cars as automakers have, quote, already unveiled their flagship 2020 EVs at solo events. The Verge went on to say that, quote, there will be a handful of autonomous vehicle demonstrations, but those won't be as exciting as years past. Really? No joke. Just be glad that you aren't going. 
Turning to a few recent early stage rounds that caught our eye, I want to start with Typing DNA. Now, this company recently raised $7 million and it helps identify people by how they type. Now, that sounds kind of nuts, but do an experiment. Pause this in a second, go to your browser, type in a URL that you know, but look down at your hands while you do that. You're probably the only person to type quite like that. TechCrunch reports that the quote four-year-old 18-person startup that was founded in Bucharest, Romania, recently moved its headquarters to Brooklyn. So hello, New York Typing DNA. Glad to have you here. Please help me use fewer passwords and I will give you my money. Also, Callisto Gaming recently raised, picking up a $500,000 seed round according to Crunchbase. Callisto is cool because it's an all-woman esports org, which matters because esports has been traditionally very, very dude-heavy, going back to its kind of inception in the Brood War days. And if you don't know what Brood War is, go look up StarCraft 1, play it, have some fun. Uh, Callisto's round kind of comes as we all know that esports has seen explosive viewership growth in recent years, but that monetization of the industry has lagged behind expectations and probably where investors have valued esports orgs. That's not a knock against Callisto, of course, just something to keep in mind as 2020 rolls along. Go Team Liquid. Finally, Crunchbase reports that Craft uh, on the web at craft.do has put together a seed round. Now, we were able to kind of look around its website this morning to figure out what this does. It's kind of a new way to build documents that we liked. So take a peek, it's worth 30 seconds of your time. It's always fun to look at products before they get big or they die. Now, today, we're gonna to take one minute to talk about One Medical, an American healthcare company that has a technology twist. Now, we care about it on this show today because it filed to go public on Friday, right as the week was ending. Guys, don't do that again, please, that was terrible. The initial reaction to this IPO filing was Kind of weird. It was a bit of confusion because the firm looked on paper, when you kind of read the numbers, like an unprofitable healthcare provider with moderate growth and actually kind of rising losses. Why its valuation had soared to, you know, not just one billion, but one and a half billion on the back of enormous private investor checks really wasn't clear. This IPO, it, it matters because it's a somewhat pure distillation of the issue that many companies that investors value like tech companies are having when they wind up being kind of tech enabled or perhaps merely tech adjacent. Now, I'm going back into the IPO filing this morning. I'll have more words over on TechCrunch.com soon. But if one medical was mispriced as a private company and struggles to defend its valuation when it does price this IPO, because it will go public, I'm pretty sure, I wonder how many other IPOs will watch this and go, Oh, heck, and hit the skids. So anyways, let me sum this up by sharing with you a new saying that I'm tinkering with, and you can let me know if you think it's any good. You'd better be able to demonstrate strong operating leverage if you want that technology in multiple. Otherwise, you're probably not going to get it. And that's all the time we have. I'm around all week on Twitter where I'm at Alex. I read email most of the time at alex.wilhelm at techwrench.com. Have a lovely week. Talk to you soon. Bye.